This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. David Eichholt, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com with some breaking news. Sean, it was already going to be a busy football day. We thought we were going to be talking about football day, but... A couple of notable items on the basketball team, I think, have has to have our attention right now. Obviously, the big news, Keegan Murray uh, declared for the 2022 NBA draft. Not a surprise at all. I think it would have surprised anyone if he really considered staying uh, at the University of Iowa. But I don't want to say bigger story, but bigger story in terms of next year's team and maybe unexpected turnover. Uh, point guard Joe Toussaint has declared, uh, put his name in the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, we knew there was going to be some offseason attrition, Sean. Uh, personally, I didn't think Toussaint was going to hit the portal, given his relationship with, with the McCaffrey family and sort of what his role might be next year. And I guess the thing that stood out to me in his announcement uh, after the initial reports came out that I, I quickly com- we quickly confirmed to your Hawkeye Insider was he's seeking an, ex- uh, an extended role, an expanded role yeah. on, another, on another team. Uh, and, you know, Jordan Bohan's gone. Uh, you know, people thought the keys would be over to Toussaint, but you know, Sean, the more I think about it, you know, Toussaint had the keys and then they got taken away for the second straight season. So I think in some ways it does make sense for both parties, but what's your sort of instant reaction to this? Yeah. I mean, not going to lie. Um, I was a little bit surprised by it. <clears throat> you mean, you talk about with Toussaint the past couple of years, obviously there's been a lot of ups and downs and honestly, I thought he was a much better fit coming off the bench this year and yeah. you know it's 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 everyone's preference obviously you know joe felt that he deserved a bigger role he wanted to play in a bigger role and you know i was probably not going to be a place where that happened obviously you know aaron Ulis, who you know didn't really play as much in the ncaa tournament big 10 tournament um you know i was really wanting him to take another step next year uh they have desante bone coming in who was once a four-star point guard in the 2022 class and you know, maybe Joe didn't really feel like he was too comfortable fitting in between those two guys. I mean, I I have a hard time seeing a scenario where you can play both of those guys on the court at the same time. Um, you know, maybe one or two of them you could see playing together. But outside of that, like, there's really not many combinations. And it was going to kind of be, you know, up in the air at this point. And, you know, I mean, I'm high on U.S. as anyone. Um, I thought he was a really good player coming out of high school. Obviously, offensively, may not have the upside that, you know, from a driving standpoint that Toussaint did, um, you know, I think Toussaint's more of a driving kick guy and a guy that can get into the lane a little bit better. But, you know, I think Euless really is a better passer, more consistent maybe on the offensive end. Um, but, you know, Bowen coming in, obviously the Iowa staff is really high on him. There was a long, bunch of good things being said about Bowen's game, especially during when he played uh, during his official visit in June against the yeah. team. You know, I heard so many – but I heard so much buzz about him just tearing it up and really just playing at a high level, even against guys that are, you know, three to four years into the big 10. So, you know, my instant reaction with that is I'm, I'm not really surprised, but I'm also surprised that, you know, kind of just that it happened, honestly, you know, I, you yeah. know, there, you hear rumblings about stuff and, 
you know, I talked to a couple of people that told me afterwards that said, you know, really we saw it coming all along or we kind of knew or like they had a really good idea that this was coming. But, you know, it really doesn't hit you until, you know, you kind of see the news come out. I think for you and I, we both kind of knew that Aaron Ulis and Joe Toussaint were not going to be on the roster and in terms of both of them together again. And, you know, Sean, something else, the more I think about it, and this is not official by any means. I'm, I don't want to say it's a tinfoil hat theory, but this really leads me to believe that Connor McCaffrey is going to be back for another season. I know you can play him, you know, at different spots on the floor. He can guard some different guys, bigger guys. He can hold his own probably pound for pound Iowa's strongest player. I mean, Connor is incredibly strong for the guys he guards and does a really good job. But, you know, Sean, I know you're high on Ulysses, but right now I look at the roster. I don't know who you give 25, 30 minutes to a night at the starting point guard role right now. Iowa doesn't have Jordan Bohannon back for another year. Uh, and I know Fran's very, I don't want to say very hesitant to hit the portal, but he's nowhere near as active as some other coaches. And I don't think Iowa needs to get to that point. But, Sean, there's no excuse. Iowa has to get a guy coming in. that's a guard I think they need a big man I think they need a guard and I know Fran likes to build this big culture and Iowa has some pieces next year and if I'm a pretty good point guard I think Iowa does have a lot to sell because one I think Peyton Sanford's gonna be one of the best shooters in the Big Ten next year I think he's gonna be in for a huge leap and and I think you're in the same boat as I am about Chris Murray just by listening to Keegan talk today there's gonna be a decision that has to be made I'm not saying there isn't but Keegan really talked about like Chris was coming back next season. And I don't know how much I want to overread that because I don't want to overstep my bounds as far as his own process and all that. But Chris, he, I mean, just for what Keegan said, like Keegan is all in on, hey, if Chris comes back next year, he's I, I think he can be the guy. He wants to be the guy. And I think if you look at that, you look at Patrick, you look at Peyton, and there's a couple other pieces. Obviously, Philip Robracha is coming back for another season. Like if I'm a point guard and then you throw in Fran McCaffrey style of offense, there's a lot to like, I think, about next year's Iowa team, but obviously there's a couple of big spots need to be filled. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too. I mean, the guy that they're going after now, uh, Fardaz Amac from Utah Valley, you know, Iowa's, Iowa's heavily involved, but I don't know, you're going up against Arkansas, Gonzaga, Kentucky, and I know those yeah. guys have guys that are already in the fold, but, you know, you also have to play into the NBA side of it because, I mean, Fardaz is looking potentially at the NBA as well, so – those are really intriguing factors that you have to have to look at that. <clears throat> and, you know, with point guard, if Iowa decides to go after a point guard, you know, what does that do for a guy like Aaron Ulis? You know, does he look at that and be like, okay, like, you know, maybe they don't believe in me. Um, or, you know, I don't know how Aaron would react. I don't want to put words into his mouth, but yeah. you know, you kind of got to think that. And, you know, part of me thinks that Iowa is going to run with what they got. You know, I don't, I think DeSante Bowen is a year away from being the starter. Maybe he can emerge to that in due time. But, you know, I'm not ready to say that Iowa goes after a point guard. And, you know, all the people I've talked to that are close to the program have said, you know, they just got to see – we just got to see what the roster is looking like. And, you know, Fran expected someone to leave. I think he said that in his interview with Rick Brown of Sports Illustrated, saying that, you know, we expect one other person to leave along with, Keegan Murray, I don't know if Fran knew that it was going to be Joe Toussaint at that point, but, you know, he did expect someone to leave. And, you know, at this point, maybe they go after more of a combo guard type guy, like a Bakari Evelyn. You know, obviously, I think they'd want the consistency to be a little bit better from a shooting standpoint. Um, I mean, Bakari showed a lot of good stuff later on in, in you know, in the season. Iowa need yeah. the most, I think. 
Right. But I think you'd like a guy that's more consistent, maybe can step into that starting role a little bit better. Um, and it has to be a guy with the right fit, too. It's kind of like Iowa football where, you know, they're really not going to be in a rush to take guys. And, you know, with the portal, it's kind of one of those things, Dave, where you tweeted, you got to adapt or die. And, you know, Fran, I mean, he adapted with Phillip. But outside of that, like, you know, most of the production this year was guys that yep. had been in the program for multiple years. And, you know, I know that's not the sexy thing to do for some people. And, you know, a lot of people point to Iowa not making it to the Sweet 16. And, you know, as you know, you can point to a couple of reasons for that. But a lot of people are going to say, OK, that's the reason why they're not in the portal. And, you know, to that, I'd say, you know, maybe. But I mean, look at the teams now. I mean, Kansas has a couple guys from the portal. North Carolina has a couple guys from the portal. Villanova obviously is a rare breed where they don't yeah. have many guys from the portal. Um, you know, who am I missing? Duke, um, you know, has just, it's just Duke. It's just yep, Duke. It's Duke. Yeah. yeah. It's Duke. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's a hard conversation to have. I think if Chris Murray leaves, I think that's a position where you have to go for a wing. No question. But also, yeah, you also talk about, you know, you got Patrick McCaffrey, Peyton Sanford, two guys that I think will be potentially second. Tony Perkins, by the way. I feel yeah. like we should talk to him earlier about him earlier, too. I think he needs to be in that equation because I think he could be in for a breakout year next year. I also think that Iowa likes the chemistry that Perkins and Ulis has a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I think that that could have had partly to do with it, too. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I think that has to be something that needs to be brought up because – you know, those guys played really well together. You know, I don't think we see them, saw them as much as we should have this year. But, you know, that's on the topic of Iowa really started to play well when Jordan Bohannon was at the one-guard spot. And I and I know you, you you take the same position as I do when it comes to transfers. I mean, people can speculate, but I feel it's not our job to speculate because we don't want to put ideas in guys' heads or you, – you know what I mean? Like, it's just – it's a difficult line to kind of teeter. But, I mean, you and I talk behind the scenes, right, and we talk about mm-hmm. – if there was going to be a guy that leaves, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be Ulysses. And I think you look at his playing time over the final, what, two weeks of the season, barely getting any minutes. wasn't really played some of his worst ball, I think, in his very limited minutes. You see Joe Toussaint, kind of the impact that he had. And, you know, the reality is, too, maybe maybe Fran wanted, was going to say, hey, you know what, you're going to start next year, but we'll play 20, 22 minutes a game. Maybe Joe Toussaint wants to go play 30 minutes a game. Maybe he's at that point in his career. So at that point, it's just kind of like, okay, we're doing what's best. And the reality is, I think you look at Ulysses, I think you look at Tucson, two guys I think are excellent backup point guard options for what they can bring to the table. But until Ulysses gets a more consistent jump shot, that'd be where I'd really kind of be iffy on him playing those heavy load minutes. And the reality is this is the first time in four or five years, six years that Iowa's really had to look for a new point guard since Bohannon's been, been the longest tenured college basketball player. So I'm with you. I don't know if Iowa's going to go in the portal. I think they should. I think it's at least they should dip their toes in to see what comes out of it. But there is no question that Iowa has to, has to land at least one player out of the portal next year. They, they, yeah, you, you can't run with what you got right now. And I think there's a lot of good pieces, but it's also the point. It's almost like the women's program. Now the women's program has achieved a little bit more in the NCAA tournament and et cetera, right? One to two pieces. You need them. There's a good foundation. But you, you right. got to be able to finalize that. So I think that's, you know, we'll, we'll see where Iowa goes there. I think that we'll learn more in a few weeks. And the reality is, like, while it catches us by surprise, it's worth noting. I know we've talked about it on our boards, HawkeyeInsider.com, that Iowa's player meeting, player coach meetings took place yesterday and today. So 
I mean, the timing of it's not really awkward by any means. That's just the way everything sort of uh, shook out. And I would attest the same thing for Keegan. That's why Keegan didn't declare right away. He probably wanted to have that final meeting with Fran. And and Fran has basically said, dude, go. Like, why are we even having this meeting? Uh, But transitioning over into Keegan Murray, Sean, long time coming. No questions about it. This is a guy who's raised his stock better than anybody in the country, I think. He entered the season as a first-round pick. You and I talked about before the season how scouts were kind of looking at him like that, and some people were a little bit surprised. But you've you've sort of seen this coming since DME Academy. And I'm not saying you thought he'd be a top-five pick, but like you, as much as anybody believed in Keegan Murray having an impact at the college level, I'm going to give a hat tip to you because I think you really bought stock into him. And he showed why, but Keegan right now is anywhere from three to eight in any mock draft I've seen. I'd love for him to go to the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I mean, again, it's it's easy for us to talk about this because this was an expected loss. One of the best seasons in Iowa basketball history, without question. It was his efficiency was unbelievable. Over 800 points, 60 blocks. I think uh, another stat. I think it was I think it was 63s or something like that. And he's the only player, like first player since Kevin Durant when he was at Texas that achieved those numbers. So if he comes back, Sean, it's like one of those things where, where, where do you prove him besides you can go deep in the tournament? The guy doesn't suck in any facet of the game. I talked to a scout, called him the safest pick in the draft. And it's kind of hard to dispute that when you look at just his overall skill set. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't agree with you or I don't disagree with you um, at all with any of the points that you made. And, you know, going back to his DME days, you know, I kind of figured maybe he'd be in a different role as a freshman. I thought he'd be more of a Joe Wieskamp type because, you know, his shooting ability was his strength coming into Iowa. But, you know, he really established himself as a do-it-all guy. And I think you got to give credit to Fran McCaffrey and the Murrays for buying into that. And also, you know, Kenyon Murray saying like, hey, like, you know, you've been a scorer all your life, but you need to do more than score the basketball with this team because, you know, if you're trying to get – 10 to 15 points a game with Joe Wieskamp and Luke Garza on your team and, you know, CJ Frederick, that's not going to happen. Like, you're just going to be, you know, you don't bring anything else to the team. And, you know, I think Keegan really bought into that. And, you know, I think that's what made him a really intriguing NBA prospect was his freshman year to see how he could move down the court, how he could do different things, how he could rebound, how he can guard different spots, how he can, you know, defend, you know, how he can just do so many different things on the court. And he's taking his shooting ability and his scoring ability this year was much more consistent. And that's when NBA teams really started to buy in. So, you know, it's a really good look for Iowa. Obviously, you know, having having a guy like Keegan, um, you know, you mentioned Luca Garza, Joe Wieskamp, Tyler Cook, who's, you know, sticking around in the NBA for a bit. Um, you know, you tweeted, Dave, it kind of puts that Iowa can't put guys in the NBA, you know, stereotype to bed because, you know, they've, they've done a good job of it. Obviously, you know, Keegan could be the first super st- or first first round pick, I think, since Ricky Davis, right? In the 19, I you know, believe, late 1990s. Yeah. If he goes yeah. number five overall, I think he's going to be the highest drafted Iowa player ever, or, or at least tied for it. I think five or six is the top. But I mean, the reality is, again, if Keegan has a great combine, Sean, and shoots the ball on the workouts, I have heard he can slip into a, a number, the number three spot. I mean, his ceiling is that high. Yeah, they, uh, Fred Brown was sixth overall. John Johnson was seventh overall. Um, and I believe those were the two highest drafted yeah, guys. Yep. Yeah. So well, that would be that would be very impressive. Um, you know, especially considering you're looking back at, you know, the the reaction that 
Iowa fans and, you know, a certain group of Iowa fans, not all Iowa fans. And, you know, even maybe some media said, Hey, like, you know, what are the Murray's going to do? Like, you know, these are reach picks. Like they just recruit them because they're legacy guys, but you know, kind of proved them wrong. And, you know, having Keegan leave this puts, I think this is the ultimate, ultimate deciding factor on how this team goes next year is if Chris Murray decides to come back, he has a decision to make. And, I'm interested to see what happens in the next couple of days. I think, you know, my what I've heard is that he's going to declare, but he's going to keep his name, you know, keep his eligibility. Um, so I shouldn't say declare, but he's going to test the waters mm-hmm. is what I should say. And, you know, go from there because, you know, I think there's a chance that, hey, maybe one, two or three teams really buy into him. But, you know, and that, that could be enough. But I think Keegan's comments, obviously, you got to take that with a grain of salt. But I think Hegan's comments were also interesting where he said, you know, I think Chris is ready to be the guy next year. And Fran said it too. But Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You know, I, I really think there's going to be a decision. Like, I'm, I'm not downplaying. I'm not, I'm not going into this expecting anything because I yeah. really don't know at this point. And I'm with you. And I think if anybody says, oh, Chris needs to come back to, you know, prove consistency, prove this. Look, the reality is a couple of things. One, the NBA doesn't care. They don't. They care about potential. They care about upside. And you look at Keegan's jump from year one to year two. It's so massive. They're, first of all, his twin brother is going to go top five, top 10. That alone is going to get his name, like at least in the NBA circles. They, they've already talked about him Two, They draft on potential three. Like I said, they look at all the, the growth and everything like that. You know what NBA teams are thinking? Oh, if he did that using a college workout, what's he going to do with pro resources and a pro development plan? What can we like get him to achieve then? That's the way the NBA teams are thinking. The reality is if Chris leaves, I think he will be a late second round pick. I think he'll have his chance. But again, the reality is there is a hometown poll. There is a chance for him to really be the guy, not just in, in Iowa next year, Sean, but he'll be one of the, I think one of the premier guys in the big 10 next year. And I think it's a real chance to have a very special season, but I'd also caution people with this. You know, Chris wants to stop being compared to his brother. And the reality is if he comes back next year, what's everybody going to do? They're going to compare Keegan season versus Chris. And that's not fair to either one of them, I think. And they Keegan's done his best to say, look, that's just stupid. I think it's, I think it diminishes what he brings to the table. And I think that's the right thing to say. And I, I believe wholeheartedly that Keegan truly believes that. So Chris has got a decision to make. It'll be really interesting to follow. And Sean, I want to follow up one quick topic that is worth mentioning. Anyone who doesn't isn't excited about Philip Robracha being back next year needs to really look at this Iowa roster and tell me why. Like they need to be happy that Phillip's coming back for another season. With all due respect to Riley Mulvey, to Joshua Gundelay, those those would be the two bigs next year, and they haven't proven to me that they're capable and ready to do that 20, 25, 30 minute night guy type guys that can go out be a bruiser, get a big bucket, get an offensive rebound, be a good screener, show toughness in the paint. Now you show flashes of it 
but not a consistent level. You need that sort of leadership. And if for some reason I'm wrong and Connor McCaffrey doesn't come back, that means Connor McCaffrey and Jordan Bohan are both gone. You need that leadership locker room presence, and Philip would absolutely bring that to the table. So I think it's a, it was it was expected. I think everybody would have been shocked if he was a different way. But keep in mind as well, Philip Robracha is going to be older next year than Jordan Bohannon was this year. This is a guy who could have gone overseas to start his NBA career, not NBA career, but his professional career. So I think this is still a very good thing for Iowa basketball that Philip Robracha is coming back. Uh, would he be older age-wise or would he be older? I don't. I think he'd be older age-wise. That's that's where it's at. Not eligibility-wise. Okay. But yeah, age-wise. well, I was, th- I was thinking grade-wise. I didn't think he'd be older because I think he went to high school or he started college in 2018. But Bo Hannon was 2016 because I was 2017. So Philip came. I'm going I'm to double-check this. But I remember when I was Philip came there. in 2019, but he was a, considered a sophomore then. Mm-hmm. He will be older than Jordan Bohannon next year because he was born on September 3rd, 1997. Mm. I think Jordan was June of 97, I want to say, something like that. So Interesting. But no. Yeah, I, maybe I, I, I was just thinking great. I was thinking grade was then. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I, I think it's a big deal that he's coming back from a lot of facets, Sean. And the reality is he's now gone through a Big Ten gauntlet. I, I expect him to be more productive next year. I think I think if you can get Phillip to give you eight to nine points a game and six boards a game next year, that'd be a huge thing for Iowa basketball. Yeah, I, I definitely think so, too. I think maybe he could take on more of a scoring role. But, you know, I think Iowa might get a big where, you know, they could say, hey, we could compliment you, Phillip. You know, maybe you come off the bench, you know, maybe, you know, you play the four more where you might be more suited. But, you know, I really think Iowa and, you know, they have made a point to get it. I know, you know, I posted something on our VIP boards the other day saying that, hey, like, Iowa's taking their time with things. They need to see who's out there. They need to see what their roster looks like. And people took that as, you know, Iowa's not attacking the portal. Iowa's looking in the portal. Yep. Iowa is looking in the portal. They're looking at guys, but. You know, they're very meticulous about these sorts of things. You know, they need to see, you know, who's out there, what kind of fit, you know, what he brings, what what kind of teammate they are. You know, it's a big culture thing in Iowa, too. So, you know, these things are going to take its time. I don't remember exactly when Philip Rabracha committed last year. I think it was maybe like May, April type. I think it was, I think it was late April, early May. I mean, I think Iowa will have their big man committed by then. Um yeah. Is it, is it going to be Fardaz? I don't know for sure. I think, you know, that would be that would be the best-case scenario is that it is Fardaz, but you don't even know who's going to enter the portal, yeah. you know, from now till then. So That's the other part. Yeah. There's a lot Iowa that can happen. Far, if Iowa gets Fardaz, I mean, then we're talking Sweet 16 next year because he's that, he's that big of an impact player. But we got to see where he goes. I mean, he's going to be courted by literally everybody. And the reality, too, is, Sean, if you get a big man and, like, the, the fill-up to the bench – talk or six man talk is interesting because the more I think about it, Fran's going to have a lot, a really hard time deciding on a starting lineup next year. I mean, mm-hmm. where are you going to do? Put, you can't put Perkins on the bench after what he showed. I don't think you can put Patrick on the bench. I really want to see Peyton Sanford start. I think he needs to start with his shooting ability and his upside, I think is massive. I think he's got to get better defensively. And I think that's going to be the big thing, but he's rebounding the ball and he's fearless, which I think is a very big deal in Fran's offense. Okay. Chris obviously has to start. Well, I just named four players. I'd like to see start. And we haven't even gone to a center or a true point guard. 
does, and I, I don't know if this is going to happen, but Sean, it just occurred to me, Tony Perkins ran the point at times late in the season. He's not going to be the true point guard. I have a hard I don't time think seeing he can that. Be. I can't eat. I, I, I have a hard time either, but I think there will be some uh, sets and maybe a few minute stretches where he does, but I'm with you. I don't think he should. Uh, maybe Peyton Sanford's the sixth man, but he, he takes on maybe like a Chris type role, like from this season plays 19, 20 a game. I mean, it. <laughs> Fran's got a lot to juggle. I'm not, I'm not envious of what he has to juggle. Let's put it that way. Yeah. The portal makes this all the more interesting too. Because, you know, <clears throat> it can be your best friend or it can be your worst friend. And in Iowa's case, I think it needs to make it its best friend, especially if Chris Murray leaves, which I'm not saying he will. But, you know, you need to go after a minimum of two guys. Or you need to land a minimum of two guys and make it, you know, a different look on this team because, you know, there's going to be pieces. You know, Franz, Franz got under the control. He's the one that's most, you know, he's the one that knows his team's best and, you know, what they can bring to the table. But, you know, I really think they're – if, if Chris ends up leaving, I think they go out to, they have to go after two guys. I think it just makes sense to do that. You know, I think you can bring up the Patrick McCaffrey and Peyton Sanford argument, but, you know, maybe they go after a late guy in the high school class like Aiden Shaw. Yep. You know, I know they were really uncertain. I know, you know, some people I talked to were kind of, you know, if, you know, kind of just waiting and seeing at that point. But I know Shaw would probably look at Iowa a decent amount if, you know, the option were to come up. So, that's something to monitor if it does. I don't know 100% certainty on that yet, but I say it's something to monitor. Um, but we'll see. I mean, like I said before, you you cannot underestimate, you know, the impact of this Chris Murray decision. I think it's one of the more interesting decisions that, you know, could come around. I mean, you talk about Luca Garza a couple of years ago, you know, it didn't really seem like he was going to leave. You know, when he did, you know, it was after his junior season, you know, he kind of always had an inclination that he would come back. Yeah, there was – I will say this. As somebody who I, – I would at least like to think, Sean, I covered the decision more in depth than anybody in terms of his junior season. I mean, I, I put a lot of time into a lot of the articles, and I talked with his corner quite a bit. I know for a fact there was a point, at least a two-week stretch, where Luca was not going to return to Iowa. He was not. But mm-hmm. late in the process, it flipped. And I think that's when it became more clear that there was going to be a college basketball season. Uh, but like early, I think mid-June or whatever, Sean, I mean, it, maybe early July, I'll have to, I'd have to look back at the tapes. But there was a two-week stretch where Luca was not going to come back to Iowa. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I just think from a – obviously, you know, COVID had a really interesting impact on that. But – yeah. You know, I just had this weird like Garza would have been a major piece to that team, you know, with what he did. But I think from a pure, you know, standpoint of, OK, like Iowa would re- like there would definitely be a different vibe with this team if Chris Murray were to stay versus when he was going to le- if he was going to leave. I think this might have more pull than the Luca decision. I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a hot take. Maybe it's just recency bias, but, you know. I, I, think, I know where I you're think, getting at. Yeah. I think if Iowa had stayed healthy that year, who knows how they would have gone. If they would have gotten a better draw, who knows how far they would have right. gone that year. Okay. But here's what I would say about the Chris Murray, to go back to your point. If Iowa gets Chris Murray back, I expect them to be an NCAA tournament caliber team next year. Right. If they don't, I do not. 
unless they get a huge splash in the portal or a, a top whatever late entry. But at this point, most of them are committed and signed. Aiden Shaw would be huge, but I don't think he obviously doesn't propel you to that NCAA tournament level. If yeah. Iowa gets him back, I think Iowa's an NCAA tournament team. If they don't, I don't think they are. My thing with the Garza decision, you know, I think Garza, you know, obviously it's hard to I, – I see where people are probably like, dude, what what the hell are you thinking? Like, that is one of the dumbest things ever. But I think, you know, where I was kind of going at with that is, okay, you got you had proven scores like Joe Eastcamp. Exactly. You had C.J. Frederick, you know, who's coming up. You know who can get a bucket. You had Jordan Bohannon. Um, you had a couple other guys, too. And Nungy, really. Nungy, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that team had more proven guys in the wing. Now they didn't have, you know, you know Keegan Murray, who I think is a top-10 draft pick. But you can make the argument that Luka Garza was just as dominant, if not more dominant, of a college player, but you had more proven pieces. This team does not have as many proven pieces. And, you know, Patrick McCaffrey, I really liked what he brought, but I think you need to hit, you need to have one or two other guys that can put up, you know, 12 to 13 points per game to really compliment Patrick. No you doubt. know what I'm saying? No doubt. No, I mean, honestly, as, as many questions as we had about this year's team, Sean, I think there's going to be just as many going into next year. I think there's a few more proven pieces and I think that's encouraging for Iowa. But in terms of who can take that next step, like I don't think people, Iowa fans really fully understand from this aspect, Sean. Like when you look around the country, think about the level of individual talent that Iowa has had in men's and women's basketball over the past four years, five yeah, years. That's wild. That's not normal. Like you don't go from Luca Garza, who's the most dominant Iowa player ever, in my opinion, at least statistically, one of the most Big Ten statistically dominant guys, to getting a Keegan Murray, who was the most efficient player in the country, who did, what, 24 and eight and a half, shot 40% from three, all these just ridiculous numbers, blocked shots, stole the ball, did everything right. You don't go from that to that. Like even most blue blood struggle getting guys that go that crazy production. Like these are historic seasons. Uh, and that's why it's gonna be interesting because like, yeah, I think Chris can be a very good player. I think Chris Cavers 19, 20 points a game next year. I, if he stays out of foul trouble and he, and he gets that confidence, which I think is a big deal to him. If he does that, I think he averaged 19, 20 points a game next year. It, but yeah, and I, I think yeah. that Richmond, I think that Richmond matchup was a tougher matchup. I know Keegan had 21 points, but I do think that was a tougher matchup for Keegan and Chris with their play styles. I think they made a very big focal point to lock them down and make Iowa make shots from three and Iowa just was breaking shots. So Mm -hmm. who knows? we got plenty of time to talk about this, Sean. I feel like we could go on forever, but this is going to be a very interesting off season for Iowa basketball. And I think Fran knows like this team going into this next year, Sean, I think they're more, I think there's a little bit more confidence that they are an NCAA tournament caliber team, but now it's about who else are they going to lose if they lose anybody and who are they going to add? What's going to take them from being that bubble or most likely in team to being, hey, you know what? They, if, if, if things go right, they can push for a second weekend. And I know people aren't going to buy confidence in it again until they do it because everybody bought stock this year. But it, it'll mm-hmm. be interesting, I think, to say the least. Maybe not just win the Big Ten tournament. That might be that <laughs> might be the, uh, the secret. Hey, honestly, it might be. I'm curious if the Big Ten's going to end. I know they aren't going to make a move. I know people want it, but with the TV contracts and the exposure that the championship game gets, they're not going to move it. Maybe it would be wise if they did, but, you know, we'll see. So, 
Anyway, we have plenty of stuff about this and everything else. Iowa Hawker late. I know Sean and I are going to get back together and talk about Iowa football's open practice. Plenty of storylines there. But right when I think we were gearing up for it, Sean, all this news dropped and we had we had to attack this right away. So, you know, it, yep. it's, it's going to be fun. So at David Eichel on Twitter, at SBOC247, at Hawkeyes on 247. Be sure to follow our work at HawkeyeInsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, the most in-depth Iowa Hawkeyes coverage available until next time talk to you soon